Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, coach, Tim Lacombe. The Jazz fall tonight to the Warriors, or excuse me, to the Thunder in Oklahoma City, 129 to 119. Coach Jazz scored 20 points in the first quarter. From there, they scored 31 in the second, 33 in the third, 35 in the fourth. They could never, just never quite erase that big time deficit that they uh, dug for themselves in the first quarter. I think that, and then throughout the game, you know, the, the hard part is it's hard to narrow that lead down if you can't consistently get stops. And they could not, I believe they got it down to 10 it's, at one point, um, might have been 12, but it was, it was just difficult to get enough stops to get it going. I like the way they competed, and they did get better throughout the game, which is, you know, at this stage right now with the guys you're playing with, you know, that's that's saying something. I think that's a small victory. Yeah, they didn't go away. No, they didn't we, go away. We've talked about it all year long that this team is going to fight. That's what they're going to do. Coach Hardy's uh, trying to establish a culture that will linger in the program going forward, and I think a lot of that has to do with effort and playing hard. Plus, a lot of these guys are getting opportunities that they've been – you know, probably working hard for, biding their time all year, and now they're getting a, a shot to play. I mean, Chris Dunn was in the G League a few weeks ago. He had 17 points tonight, coach, on 7-11 shooting, two rebounds, two assists. He played 27 minutes. Uh, you know, this, he's been waiting for a while to to play his way back into the league. You look at Johnny Juzang had 11 tonight in 12 minutes on 4-7 of seven shooting. So, you know, guys that uh, – don't want to hear that they're under talented are going out there and trying to uh, play for their basketball future. Yeah. So there's a level of, you know, maybe a shift. I think everybody's all year long has been saying, man, the jazz are winning too much and they're losing. Well, it's interesting that right now they're only two games out of the fifth lottery position. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess the fifth worst record in the league. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know at this point where it goes, but I can tell you that, Right now, the the makeup of the roster is such we saw this t- this roster pretty loaded with talent. Um, obviously, some of that was deferred till later, and so what you have right now, particularly with Lowry out, is certain guys have to play really well every night. You don't really have the luxury of a guy. You know, in that old lineup, it would be Beasley one night and Clarkson one night and Kessler to have a game and Markin and always. Uh, but that's where now that's just become a little more difficult. And Jordan Clarkson tonight was going to be that kind of 
lone real offensive punch type of player, and he had 18 points on 6 of 15 shooting. He did have 13 assists, which good for Jordan for making something when he's garnering all that attention. But it's tough when you're at the top of the scouting report. Oh, it definitely is. And him, you know, him particularly, he, he makes hard shots, but length really can can cause trouble for him. I felt like that happened tonight. But to his credit, he created for other guys. Getting 13 assists in this situation is so big. Um, and it really helps other guys to gain and develop themselves. So a pretty veteran move, not making shots, but found a way to try to help his teammates get better. Well, and the Jazz had 16 turnovers tonight, which doesn't sound terrific, but it is 10 fewer than they had on Friday night. So I guess that's what they call progress. And pr- Yeah, for sure. And it was eight, eight each half, and so not, not a, a half with a, a huge number, but certainly cutting down from 27, I mean, there's just no way. 27 is some some turnovers you're playing with fire. That one. The house oh, and they were. I mean, Coach, we missed you on Friday, but uh, I, I, you missed out on some just egregious turnovers. You would have been watching all these games with you. You would have been visibly frustrated at some of the turnovers. It's just the frequency, and they'd come all in a row. I mean, it was just, it was just a brutal night. Well, I unfortunately missed it, uh, but. In that regard, they were better tonight. And, and again, for them, those three quarters after being down 15 to come back and really compete and win two of those three quarters. Or no, they won them all. No, two or three quarters. Yeah, after that first bad start, I think that says a lot. And nice pieces. Kessler got some good minutes tonight and, again, was was really good at the things he does well. He's blocking shots, protecting the rim. 17-10-5 for Kessler tonight, which is a great line. 8 of 11 shooting, 1 of 2 from the line. He did hoist a 3 there in the first quarter that did not go well, but keep shooting. Uh, The trouble was they gave up a bunch of points, Coach. Um, 38 for Shea on 10 of 17 shooting, so it only took him 17 shots to get 38 points. He was 17 of 19 at the line. Wow, what a game. Uh, Jalen Williams had 32, 5 assists and 5 rebounds in 34 minutes, and then Josh Giddy with 24 points. Uh, and uh, 12 from Zhang coming in off the bench. And, you know, really, the Thunder, we we give the Jazz credit for, for battling, and they deserve it. But the, the Thunder built a big-time lead and then coasted, and they earned this one. This was this was never in doubt. And I will tell you, they put a, a very attractive young core together here yep. uh, and have, as we know, an embarrassment of riches assets-wise conti- that continue so how they play, whether they go up or down, will be interesting to see. All right, let's get to Coach Hardy. Basketball, we just put ourselves in a big hole to start the game. Um, going into the game, I think we had a pretty good understanding of how we were going to be guarded based on the previous two games against Oklahoma City. And again, it just it took us too long as a team to find the rhythm of the reads of the game and where the ball needed to go and, and some of the simple plays that we needed to make. Um, I thought as the game went on, you know, quarters two through four, we won that segment of the game. And I think our team settled in and played well on the offensive end. Ball moved around. Uh, we were able to generate a lot of really good looks. Um, obviously on the defensive end, you know, for the most part, I thought our effort as a team was very good. We just did a, a really sloppy job with our hands. Um, you know, they, they hurt us at the free throw line. Shea shot 19 of them by himself. So that's an area that we have to continue to improve. It's not just about being good with your body, but 
the discipline to keep your hands out um, against really good players like that, you know, is something that we have to really address. Um, it's hard to play one-on-one defense right now in the NBA based on how the rules are, and you have to be really disciplined with your hands. The best players are very good at understanding when you're in a bad spot defensively and taking advantage of it. So um, have to be more disciplined in that area. But again, I, I was happy with how we played for three quarters of the game. Um, but 48 minutes is a long time, and if you put yourselves in a big hole to start, it's hard to claw your way back. But I thought the intent of the team was very good. I thought, you know, early on we couldn't make a shot. We didn't shoot the ball well from three as a whole for the game, um, which is tough, especially when you play a team that does shoot well from three. But, you know, how we play is what we can control. And I think we just have to do a better job as a group to start the game understanding how we're going to be guarded and starting the game making those simple reads um, to help us get into the flow of the game. Yeah, I thought Johnny did a good job. He's somebody that we've really encouraged all year to look for catch-and-shoot threes. He spent a lot of time in the G League um, moving around off screens, not just standing still shooting catch-and-shoots. So, you know, that's a big part of his life right now is trying to develop that that sort of gunner mentality um, coming around moving off of off-ball screens and finding three balls. I thought he did a good job of that tonight. Got six of them off in 12 minutes, which I think is great. Um, he's understanding how to do it in the half court. His teammates are looking for him, and we're in transition. And so that part needs to continue. And then just continuing to tighten up some of the details defensively, um, You know, understanding our schemes and the physicality that's necessary on that end of the floor. Obviously, Chris. I think Chris has, you know, he came in with a tremendous competitive fire. Um, You see that on the defensive end of the floor. He really is engaged on that end, and I think that that part he came in with, I think he's getting more and more comfortable on the offensive end, understanding our system, where his opportunities to score are, kind of what the reads are that he has to make as a primary ball handler to get his teammates involved. Um, And I think he's done a better job every game uh, of kind of staying within the the flow of what we're doing. Um, I felt like early on when he did look to score, it sort of felt like he was breaking off actions, which is totally natural. Like he didn't really know fully what we were doing. Um, but I think he's, he's really balanced well when to attack for himself and, and when to look for his teammates. I think he's gotten more and more comfortable on the offensive end. Um, defensively, you know, again, a lot of that stuff on that end of the floor he had when he got here that's been a big part of his identity as he's been an NBA player and so it's about us as a staff continuing to try to put him on the right matchups and put him in spots to utilize those gifts yeah I think it's Jordan has a hard job because he's such a potent scorer and there's a lot of nights that we need that scoring. Um, we need him to kind of try to find those moments of flow where he can get two, three, four baskets in a row. But um, teams are giving him a lot of attention, um, especially on a night when Lowry's not playing. The other team is going to throw a lot of bodies at him. But, you know, I know from being 
on opposing coaching staffs for a long time that Jordan Clarkson is for sure on the scouting report and he's for sure somebody that you're game planning for. And so I think, you know, Jordan has done a, a really great job of sort of trying to have a little bit of humility on the offensive end at times of just like, they're going to run a couple guys at me. I have to try to generate some looks for my teammates. Um, I think the thing that he's improved the most as the season has gone on is finding players on the weak side of the floor. Um, you know, he, he's had an instinct to sort of find Walker and the bigs in the middle of the floor, but I think making those decisions on who to who to find on the weak side, whether it's the corner or the wing, I think is something that he's really grown at this year. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to do what he did tonight because there's plenty of possessions where we want him to shoot. Um, we want him to try to generate those opportunities for us to score. But to have 18 points and 13 assists, um, I didn't know that was his career high. But, you know, I think it just speaks to his, not just his growth, but like his buy-in to how we've tried to play this season and how we've tried to ask him to play. Um, you know, as a coach, I never want to be somebody that restricts our players um, and, and sort of puts them in a box or too tight of a lane. And Jordan, somebody that's had the reputation his entire career of being like a huge scorer. Um, I think it's more just about trying to help him understand other ways that he can help our team. Um, it's not just by scoring, and I think he's bought into that um, and done a great job this year. There you go, Jazz head coach Will Hardy and his post-game comments as the Jazz lose tonight, 129-119 to to the Oklahoma City Thunder. With that, <clears throat> excuse me, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way Tuesday night. The Jazz will be in Dallas taking on the Mavericks. That game will tip off <clears throat> local time at 6.30. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more post-game sound for you, and we'll continue to get Coach Lacombe's thoughts on this one. You are listening to Utah Jazz back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Basketball. The final horn is sounded. That'll do it. Tim Lacoe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz come up short tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder by the count of 129 to 119. Coach Lacombe, uh, we'll get it, uh, some player sound, some further player sound coming up here momentarily. Uh, the Jazz did not win. They trailed big most of the game. But I will say this, they played better than they did on Friday night. And Oklahoma City didn't have Shea on Friday night. And I think it's a testament. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, off the air, we we're talking about this in the third quarter. You said, watch the Jazz come back after kind of getting uh, the riot act at halftime. I said, well, oh, no way. This is long over. And, you know, they got within 10 and they fought. I, I'm not going to say they made it close, but that wasn't out of the cards uh, there for the Jazz. No, totally. And I think that that's what we've come to expect from Coach Hardy's teams. And, again, I've, I've said this a couple times, but I want to drive the point home. There's a bunch of new faces out there, not just new faces um, you know, to this team, but some in some cases to the NBA. So 
there's a lot of guys at different phases of their development. And like tonight, I'm just watching some of the highlights. I mean, Chris Dunn, I thought, was was great, and I think he's been great. Uh, it's nice to see Fontecchio make some shots, Juzang. But, again, you put them all out there and realize what the NBA is. It's full of loaded teams. You're going to have quarters like you had in the first. But they fought, and you hit it on the head. They fought. They played right. And Coach singled out Jordan and said, you know, with 13 assists, which is a career high. Career high. Um, I mean, come on, man. It's like he's bought in. He's trying to do the things to help us win. And I think that's what we see from Coach Hardy's team. Let's get back to OKC and Chris Dunn. You know, the team played the right way. Um, you know, uh, Coach, he wants to play fast. That kind of, like, correlates with my game. Um, and, you know, they allow me to be me defensively, you know, try to hound people, try to, you know, cause turnovers. And, uh, you know, it's just a great group of guys. The coaching staff been unbelievable with me. Uh, definitely feel comfortable. Talk about this game tonight. There is a common denominator with this team, and I think you probably have already learned it, but it's a no quit. Uh, you know, they're making changes, as everybody knows, but the one thing is you're down 24, but you, you cut it in half and just keep playing. Yeah, I think that's all you can ask for. You know, s- some games is just not going to go your way. Um, you got to give credit to OKC. You know, they played well tonight, but like you said, we didn't quit, you know, each and every game. Uh, you know, we go out there and we try our best and we play hard. Um, we play the right way, and that's what you can ask out of a group. And, uh, you know, as the years, you know, uh, come, you know, the young players, they'll keep, you know, be progressing and keep getting better. But right now, you know, we just got to keep going. When you look at turnovers, I mean, it's a problem for every team at times. But is it just a fact of just getting to know, you know, one another's tendencies, cuts, that type of thing? Or is it something that can be cured and, and maybe you can turn that around a little bit and giving up the points off the T.O.? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, uh, like you said, there's a bunch of new guys in here. Um, so we definitely got to, uh, you know, get used to playing with one another. But like you said, we just got to cut down the turnovers and we're all capable of doing it. Um, we just got to focus more each and every game on, you know, keeping the turnover, turnovers low. We do that. We give ourselves a chance to win. You know, uh, SGA is such a talented guy, and we saw that on display tonight. But in the second half, though, I thought you caused, you know, more more turmoil for him. You had to work at it a little bit harder. And that's where you came into play. Um, you know, we got to give credit to the group. You know, uh, second half, we definitely try to make it a, you know, uh, emphasis on trying to, you know, just keep them in front, keep our hands back, not try to get a lot of, you know, foul calls, you know, drawn <laughs> against him. But, you know, like you said, he's a good player. He understands the game. He know how to get to the free throw line. You know, uh, I think we play him again the, uh, coming up. Well, early April. Yeah, early April. Um, you know, be another you know good chance to try to, you know, just try to see how we could do against them. One last thing: Do you feel a? I feel it. Do you feel a positive vibe in here? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, uh, each and every day, you know, everybody's just positive. We understand, you know, the goal and um, you know how to get better each and every day, and uh, you got to be positive in order to turn things around. So you know, got to give credit to the group, the coaching staff, the organization. Um, you know, we see the future, and you know, we just got to keep going. We just got to keep uh, grinding each and every game. That's Chris Dunn. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. There is Chris Dunn. Congratulations to him for signing a second 10-day uh, contract with the Jazz, and congratulations on the big game. 17 points, 7-11 shooting, uh, 3 of 4 from 3, which is just terrific. And uh, you heard Coach Hardy give him shout-outs multiple times for the defense that he plays. He's a he's a really good player. He's a really good player and has a, you know, his interesting story. He's been in the league and, and not been in the league, and I think it's a guy who is really cherishing this opportunity and so making the most of it, but Certainly things we see translate uh, both offensively and defensively with Chris Dunn. 
By the way, post game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. Jazz, follow to the uh, – I keep saying the Warriors. Follow to the Thunder. Very different teams, the Thunder and the Warriors. But it, I did that this weekend, so I understand where – it's just in your head. It's just stuck in the old noggin. Get it. It's not like we just uh, sat here and – Watch the Thunder play basketball for several hours or anything. Uh, Jazz follow the Thunder, 129-119. to Coming up uh, right around the corner, we'll get your master of the glass, and we'll continue to get Coach uh, Lacombe's thoughts on this one. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my Jazz postgame, Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. We'll get coach's thoughts on the game here momentarily. Uh, postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz fall to the Thunder. 129 to 119. Coach, uh, this was a big story at the half, so let's get to the master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Uh, the Jazz Master of the Glass and uh, Jamil gets to determine who wins in the case of a tie. And tonight we had 10 from Kelly Olenek and 10 rebounds from Walker Kessler. Jamil, tonight's Master of the Glass is... I like it. Kelly Olenek is your master of the glass tonight. I, I would like to recommend you look at assists. That's a good one. And, and that would be the same outcome. So that would be a good way to reward the guy who likes to share. And Kelly had five assists tonight. And Walker had zero. I don't know. I so just like to tell that people would what be, to do. Well, I think I think Jamil, I, I like to sound logic. Walker wins a lot. Okay. Let uh, let Kelly in the, uh, get in there and All get right. a win. Uh, but the Jazz only had, what did they have at halftime, Coach? Only had 16 rebounds, 18 rebounds? They had two offensive rebounds, so they had 10 in the second half. That's amazing. 39 had, total rebounds, uh, only out-rebounded by three, 42 to 39. And it was 30 to 16 at the half. So the Jazz did a great job on the glass in the second half, and – you know, that's the thing I would imagine if Coach Hardy's looking at the sheet, and that's what we talked about at halftime, two offensive rebounds, all those missed shots, come on, guys, better effort, and he definitely got it. They're just not a very good rebounding team. It's just not in the cards. They haven't really been a very good rebounding team all year long, and Walker Kessler has come a long way as a rebounder. I mean, it's not that long ago that he had his career-high 18 boards against this very same Oklahoma City team, but we've heard Coach Hardy talk about it. They're just not. They're not a dominant rebounding team. It's it's not what they do well. And and his, you know, really it's I, – I felt like they got there. You know, it was kind of about the time that Walker was starting to get multiple and Vanderbilt was still here. But in this new edition of it, you're right. It's it's back to everybody having to, to help out. So when your big guys go out and get you 20, you know, that that's a that's a great number for them. Boy, I can't believe it. Ten, that's a that's a great number. Ten offensive rebounds in the second half. I mean, they got after it. I, I think you might be right, Coach. I think uh, the coaching staff might have shared a couple of opinions at the half and, and things things shaped up. I mean, well, you heard Coach say, I mean, the three quarters of this game, the Jazz played well. The thing you try to do as a coach, obviously in a situation that's tough and the Jazz were down at the half and were not playing great and they'd give up 70 points. I think 
you can go in there and yell and scream, or you can actually go in and say, hey, here what is what we see is working. Okay, these things are are working well. So continue to do that. Here's the stuff on the other side. You know, we the numbers don't translate. We've got to get better. And you emphasize one or two things. We would always try to keep it simple at halftime, up or down. We just like go in with two things that are that they can latch on. And so the the hustle stats always something you look at and you see two offensive rebounds. You can challenge them to do more. Well, you can only go in there and flip the table so many times. I mean, right? yeah, after you can only go throw the projector games so many times. And <laughs> and the stuff's expensive, man. Yeah. I learned from I actually had to replace a wall once, Whoops. you know. So, I totally stumbled into it though. It was just anyway, just being clumsy. Nonetheless, statute of limitations are up. I, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it is hard. It's hard to it's hard to go in there and get the, So really what what coach Hardy does, I think he goes in and tells them the truth. Uh, want to remind you about the Jazz Most Valuable Educators, presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a Jazz game in a suite. Go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator now. Uh, 13 assists tonight for Jordan Clarkson, Coach. That is a career high, and uh, you alluded to this a little bit, but we heard Coach Hardy talk about Jordan. Um, I thought he'd score 30 tonight. Um, he was 6 of 15 at 18 points, 6 of 8 from uh, from the line. Um, 0 of 5 from 3, which Jordan's a little bit sharper from 3 usually, but combine that with 13 assists, Coach, and he Clarkson was Clarkson was really good tonight. He He was good, and it was good in a different way. Uh, I think you would say he was really good tonight a year ago. Uh, you'd probably say, man, he was on fire and he made shots from everywhere. But he really has grown his game. Um, he, he's a veteran that can lead. But out on the floor, even if he's not making shots, he can make you know find ways to contribute. He didn't make any threes, but he got to the line eight times, and that led the Jazz tonight. Um, the assist you talked about, and when you're playing with younger guys, you know, he's out there with, um, with in effect, two rookies. I mean, Horton Tucker's so young, he's going to be a rookie for a while. Um, but he and, and Ochai are out there, and then he's got another rookie in Walker. So it's he and Kelly that have kind of the leadership responsibility. And instead of, you know, hoarding all the shots, he took 15 shots, which led the team, but it wasn't by much. And he shared it, and he shared it. He put guys in the right situation and helped them get better. And I think... That's what Coach Hardy was so impressed with. I'm not kidding. We had a post game last year where Jordan Clarkson had four assists, and we were making jokes about him actually having four assists. And if memory serves, he actually made a joke about it in his post game comments. And now, I mean, he's had a great assist year. There's no doubt about it. But to to have a game, even a losing effort, where he's out there throwing out 13 times, I mean, I just. I, I, that would never have even crossed our mind the last couple of years with Jordan Clarkson. And, and Coach said this. It is a credit to him for for evolving and, and doing what the team needs. I, I think Jordan Clarkson, we've talked about this a lot. I think in a lot of ways he's a great teammate, or at least it seems so from my chair. And for a guy that's game is to you know, be a little selfish and get up a lot of shots, I don't know how often we're talking about those types of players being great teammates, but... I, I would throw Jordan into that category, certainly. And I would just echo, I think that was said perfectly, I would echo that. I would throw it into that, that in and around this league, there is so much talent that at a certain point just said, no, um, no, thank you, I'm done learning. And I'm going to play the game my way. 
I've made enough money and, you know, and you can do that nowadays and you can probably stay in the league depending on how talented you are. But to Jordan's credit, he's a guy who dug deep into development and Quinn talked about it a lot with him. You know, he really got into that with Quinn watching tape kind of became a real student. And so tons of credit to him and tons of credit to the organization because he's made a big move. And you think about him, whether it's here or somewhere else, you can see him in so many areas of the game now that he can it can really help a team. All right, the Jazz fall tonight to the Thunder, 129-119. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. We'll have your Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game coming up next. Stay tuned. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz Postgame, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight to the Thunder, 129 to 119. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. MarkMillerSubaru.com. Coach, let's check out the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight, the Jazz as a team were 22 of 27 from the line. They were led by uh, Jordan Clarkson, who was 6 of 8. Kelly Olenek, 6 of 7. Ochai Obaji, uh, 5 of 5. Got to like seeing him get to the line a little bit, Coach. He had uh, 14 points. Four of ten shooting, didn't shoot well from three. He was one of six. Uh, but Jazz certainly will take 81.5% from the line. The Thunder shot a bunch of, of uh, free throws tonight. They were about the same percentage as the Jazz, but they got 33 attempts, 27 of 33. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Shea Gilgis-Alexander was 17 of 19 and got 17 of his 38 total points at the line. And, uh, yeah, he he's a special player. He's, you could see why he was a big part of the plan when Oklahoma City kicked off this rebuild to bring back a talented player in the Paul George deal along with all those other assets like draft picks and build around him. They, sh- they saw the potential, and, uh, man, is he fulfilling it. He is, uh, he's a magician, really, and, and one of those guys similar to Harden that really makes you pay if you get your hands kind of in the cookie jar. Coach Hardy talked a lot about the importance of a guy like that of – not getting your hands in there, and yet it's so hard because you're taught to trace the ball and have active hands. So it's a discipline thing. It's an experience thing and something the Jazz did not do well tonight. He baited them into a lot of fouls. In fact, he took more free throws than field goals, which is absolutely remarkable. Um, But you're right, an absolute great talent. And and I have a hard time always with the top ten players in the NBA because it's almost like the stock market, you know? You know, a weekend or t- maybe a month ago, I'd put John Morant there. But after this weekend, you know, where how does it all translate? So I think this guy, one thing we know about him, uh, Gilgis Alexander, he's a young guy. He's got a, a ton of talent, and he's going to be in an organization that's positioned well. So I think he's going to be a guy that we'll talk about for a long, long time. Yeah, and he's a big part of the reason that Oklahoma City um, – 
their rebuild is going to be on the upswing if it's not already. And I've talked to Ben a lot about this on our show. You know, should a team like Oklahoma City be fighting to make the play-in game? Because could they benefit it? And I think they they tried to hold this team down to get maybe one more pick next year, one more lottery pick uh, next year, and um, then we'll see what they do with it. But I mean, you look at uh, at Giddy. And of course, uh, at Shea, but also at uh, at players. I know you're really high on Jalen Williams, uh, and we're talking about the Santa Clara Jalen Williams, who was great tonight with uh, with 32 points. But you know, Lou Dort. You just look at th- this is a team that once they get some experience, and I think they still need to add a big, probably two, and then they'll be right there climbing the ladder in the West. I'll tell you what's crazy: they drafted Sangoon and traded him in. 20, he they drafted him 16, but imagine he as the big guy with this group. That'd be pretty. That'd it be one be big step nice. further. Yep. But to their credit, too, they've drafted really well, and the moves they've made have been very. You know, they've been strategic and great. But Giddy and Williams, um, and then obviously Shea, they've got a great nucleus of young backcourt players that can do everything you need. I mean, done. You and then you add Lou Dort to the mix, who can just lock people down. I mean, look out. Really, really, like I said, the next pieces will be important. But man, you got to think that they they're, they're in a really good position for the next for, for the foreseeable future. And they'll have to battle to keep it together. I mean, they're going to have to pay Shea uh, big time dough. And you know, as he gets a little longer or you know older in the league, there'll be the question surrounding him of whether or not it's going to stay and in a market like Oklahoma City and all those sorts of things. But it, it sure looks promising. And they still have a ton of draft picks coming up. I mean, they're going to have the ability to parlay those into some veterans if they want. I mean, I, I do think that the future in Oklahoma City does look does look bright. And Chet Holmgren is sitting there, obviously unproven, injured, but certainly well thought of, taken second in the draft. So, yeah, they're, they're – they're a fun organization. Sam Presti's done a masterful job. And there's a lot of similarities between the the Thunder and the Jazz and market size and, and things like that. And, you know, smart management and, you know, give ownership its credit too is needed to really succeed in small markets in the NBA, at least in my opinion. Yeah, totally agree. And and I would say the Jazz are on the same track just a, a, a little ways back, right? They're yep. a little new into the process. Uh, but I think that they're on the way of kind of bypassing a lot of the pain, too. But a little bit of what we're feeling right now is a little of that pain. And the Jazz are, are really not all that motivated to win games. I mean, what they did at the trade deadline, you know, stripped it down pretty good. I, I would guess that Danny Ainge and, and Coach Hardy wouldn't say no to a, a play-in appearance. You know, probably could uh, see some benefit for the squad. But they're probably not going to lose a whole lot of sleep if they don't get there either. And they're not going to hold guys back, you know, not going to – but but ultimately, I think at the end of the day, I think they just know the talent level required, particularly in the West this year with as good as teams as there are, they're going to be a little lacking. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's about development, kind of seeing the pieces during these games that translate going forward. I don't know how many good teams there are in the West. And, Coach, not to get too too off topic here, because, well, to to the purpose of this discussion, I don't think the Jazz, even at their best, are even close to – in the hunt for the best team in the West. Don't get me wrong, but who's, who's your favorite in the West? I don't really believe in anybody. No, and I don't either. And I guess, I guess when I say the West is jumbled up. And, well, you and, sparked a thought in my mind, right. so I, I'm not disagreeing with you. No, but, no, no, uh, but you bring up a great point. And I think that to me, it's the fact that 
you lose three games and you're in the fifth position, all of a sudden you wake up in the eighth or ninth. You know, it's yeah, just look at volatile. The Clippers. Right. Yeah. So the Jazz are on the outside looking in as of tonight. And my feeling is that trend will continue. But uh, what do I? You know, I'm oh, I think it'll probably chatter. It'll probably continue. I mean, I, I would guess they lose against Dallas. I mean, they have some winnable games, I suppose, coming up against Orlando and Charlotte. But, you know, these two games against Oklahoma City, if the Jazz were healthy and playing at the best, I suppose would be winnable. But, you know, they lost by both games by a combined 40-ish points. So I, I a lot of it depends on Lowry uh, and how much they want to play him because I guess it I would guess at this point if he got uh, what did they officially list the injury at coach uh, hang on give me a second I'll have it I've in got front it of right me. here too um, back with uh, back issues oh especially if it's a back I mean they're they're not going to mess with it I mean I don't know if I mean, you have any you. sort of back yeah. soreness if that heals in a couple of weeks but you know there's no way that they're going to be aggressive in bringing him back you know we'll see what happens when Colin Sexton is reevaluated uh, I think it's going to be tomorrow. We saw him uh, out warming up before the game, and he was making some fairly aggressive moves on that hamstring. But I would guess that they're not going to really, you know, pressure is not the right word. They're they're not going to be in a hurry to bring him back if he's less than 100%, and nor should they be. No, and and if he is, but if he is ready to go, he'll go. You know, I don't think it's a thing. I I think it's, but he's got to be really ready to go. I don't think we've said this all. Rush no, we've said this all year, at least I have. They're not going to lose games on purpose. That's just not in the Jazz DNA, if that's what you want to say. I mean, you're talking about a, a young first-year coach who's trying to establish a culture. You're not going to ask, I wouldn't think, that coach to go out there and figure out a way to lose ball games. I, I'm pretty close to 100% confident the Jazz would never do that, and they would never ask healthy players to sit out. But I do think that they will tell – 80% players take another couple no of games. No doubt. You know? Absolutely. Wait till you're 95 or 100. You and know? that's strategy. And, and there's nothing the hunt, wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. If you're the hunt, maybe it's different. Uh, but the situation the Jazz are in, I think the, the key to it all is, you know, they're going to, at this point, it's like they're going to they're gonna play the odds, so to speak. And when guys are healthy, they'll play. And when they're not, they won't. And... Um, we can kind of continue to watch the standings, but it might be interesting for us to watch the standings the other other direction. Um, you know, we've been watching them from the top down. It might be the interesting and intriguing to start watching them the other way. Which is weird because the Jazz have played a lot of winning basketball over the past 30, 40 years and not many seasons where you are watching the bottom. But got to keep your eye on it. The, the Jazz, certainly, they could lose out and still not catch the worst teams you know, in the exactly. league. Exactly. Yeah, not right. even close. But, you know, they're, they are a couple of – positions away from maybe the sixth pick or the seventh pick and really what it is is like you saw tonight if lowry's out there if colin's out there hey let's go play you know we we're we're not what we were when we started the season but they've got guys and the young guys will play hard um but when there are down a couple of guys it's just thin the depth isn't there a bunch of relying on a bunch of guys that are kind of still up in the air as you know trying to get their feet feet settled in the in the league Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz follow the Thunder, 129 to 119. Coming up next, we've got your play of the game. We'll get uh, Coach Lacombe's final thoughts. I said it right there. 
on this one straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running hook, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my. Olenek. Outside the three-point line, drives and Giddy, shoves off the right hip, lobs to Kessler, catches it on the right side, goes back up the left side, misses, gets his own rebound and packs it. The deft approach did not work, so a little bit more of just pure unadulterated authority came back and answered it for Kessler. Our guy David Locke in your play of the game, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection, LHMauto.com, driven. By you, Jazz post game. Jazz fall tonight to uh, to the Thunder, one twenty nine to one nineteen. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru dot com. Uh, Walker Kessler, right there, and he was good tonight. Coach seventeen, ten, and five, five block shots, and uh, he. He just continues to to really be good. It wasn't the career night he had uh, when they played the Thunder two games ago, but it was a lot better than he played on Friday and uh, obviously a real solid performance. We've seen a lot of, of rookies come into the league, and depending on the situation they're in really depends on the you know the minutes they get and what kind of part of the rotation they're in, whether they're you know quite ready or not. And I think the blessing this year for Walker is, man, the, the number of minutes and reps and his ability – in year one, almost like a crash course in the NBA protocol to get out there and figure it out. And what we've seen is a much more, I mean, I think about him in ball screen, the beginning of the season, it was like he was on roller skates. And, you know, he's got such a better command of that. Uh, you can see that he's way more comfortable on the offensive side, even shooting a couple threes. And so it's nice to see that. And then, as you mentioned, his rebounding numbers have gone up and he's he's more physical. So, um, yeah, any any night he can get out there and do what he did tonight, it's a, it's a huge win for that day, but also for down the road. Man, is he a good player. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, if you're just joining us, quick review. Jazz had uh, actually seven players in double figures tonight. Uh, 18 to lead the way from Jordan Clarkson, 6 of 15 shooting. Uh, he had 13 assists, which is a new career high. For Jordan, so congratulations to him. Just mentioning Walker Kessler, he had 17 and 10. He also had five block shots. Kelly Olenek tonight had 15 points, 10 boards. He had five assists as well. Ochai Obaji had 14. Talon Horton Tucker had 11. Coming in off the bench, Chris Dunn, we've talked a lot about him tonight. He was really good uh, after signing his second 10 day contract with the club. He had 17 on 7 of 11 shooting. And Johnny Juzang had 11 coming in off the bench, 12 minutes, 4 of 7 shooting. But the Thunder were really good too. They had 38 points from Shea Gilgis Alexander, 10 of 17 shooting, 17 of 19 from the line. He had seven boards, four assists, 32 points from Jalen Williams. He had five assists and five rebounds as well, 24 from Josh Giddy, who uh, also added nine rebounds. And nine assists as Giddy kind of just quietly really gets it done out there, doesn't he? He plays like um like a puppeteer with the game. You know, it's everything's on a string. He's, he knows where every guy is. He makes some of the, the most unique, cool passes. Uh and it's his vision. It's his ability to see the play before it happens or develops. And he he's a great one. Like I said, their their talent selection's been really good when you figure it's hard to go. Uh, you know, find really good players that translate, and they've got a bunch of them that they've picked or yeah. acquired. 
I think so too. I think I think there are a bunch of pieces on this Thunder team. We'll see what happens when they add the second pick in the draft and Chet back in and if he can stay healthy and I wonder if he can, you know, put on some weight and battle when he gets in a full NBA season. But don't forget, second pick of the draft, if he pans out, I mean, this is a nice core. This is a nice core of young players and they've got the assets to go get some veterans and when they want to make that next step, I think they're gonna be good. Oh, there's yeah, I, I agree. I just think they've done it right. Um they haven't really jumped in when they weren't ready and and they've uh, like Ainge has done they got a ton of picks out of acquisitions and moves so been really crafty but now's the time I think the harvest to start to kind of begin for them and like I said it'll be interesting to see how they play the end of the season um you know they, they fight to get in there to get some experience for some of these guys and so we'll continue to watch that but they're like the Jazz are right there on the on the verge of either way we want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped out with the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone. Fine work from those two. Thanks to our broadcast assistants. Thanks to Mike Smith, who joined us in the pregame show. We appreciate Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of the Jazz Broadcast. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show. And the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. My Subaru is Dot com And, of course, Coach Lacombe, it's always fun to hang out with you on a Sunday. Sign me up anytime. Yeah, great to see you guys again, and we'll see you soon. 129-119 to 119 is your final Jazz fall to the Thunder. Up next, the Jazz will be in Dallas Tuesday night to take on Luca, Kyrie, and the Mavericks. Uh, Tip-off for that game will be at 6.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 5.30. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.